Welcome to another episode of We Don't Die, where my goal is to give you evidence that although our bodies will disappear, we survive physical death. I'm your host, Sandra Champlain, author of the best-selling book called We Don't Die, A Skeptic's Discovery of Life After Death. Coming to us today from Sydney, Australia, we have my new friend, Philip K. Ruse. Philip is a spiritual counselor, psychic medium, a pranic healer, and has even studied psychotherapy. He has studied mediumship at the prestigious Arthur Finley College in England and provides his clients with both intuitive counseling and evidentiary proof that our higher consciousness lives on beyond physical death. He provides these services in person, if you'd like to visit him in Australia, and also worldwide via Skype or the phone. And you can reach our friend Medium Philip at his email address, which is thehappyspiritmediums at outlook.com, or as always, go to we don't radio.com, click on episode 135, and the links to him are right there. Philip, welcome to We Don't Die Radio. Hello, Sandra. Hello from all the way from Australia. I know. Um, Yes, so you can hear me clearly, right? I can hear you clearly. It's the magic of Skype. I love this. And um, we've been Facebook friends for I don't even know how long, not too, too long. But at the beginning, when I had just called you, you mentioned to me that we happened to be at the Arthur Finley College this same week, last year in May. We were, although I I don't think we actually crossed paths and and caught up. It was such a... um, an incredibly dynamic experience for me anyhow. and um, But I realised after having left um, that I've seen you. So, yeah, it was very exciting when um, when we were able to communicate with each other to for this interview to take shape. So Yeah, and I, I'd seen your picture on Facebook too and I had that same feeling. But then, you know, I might have looked at your face so many times on Facebook. Who knows? Uh, but that's really interesting that we were there the very same week. Was that your first visit? to the Arthur Finley College? So it was. It was my first visit. I was um, quite nervous and I was putting it off for about a year because it was on the other side of the world. But um, it was an incredible experience, as you would know, and met some um, phenomenal tutors and and was able to take away so much learning and growth just from that one week. So I would highly recommend it to your listeners. And you know, some listeners have not been on the show or heard the show before and have no idea what we're talking about. You want to just explain what the Arthur Finley College is? Sure. So the Arthur Finley College is um, the leading college for psychic science. And it's a college that's uh, aligned with the Spiritualist National Union. And it um, it provides teaching and support for individuals who want to further their education with psychic science, mediumship. Um, and I was really excited to have come across it. And I would highly recommend uh, any individual that wants to experience uh, learning and growth within a mediumistic uh, psychic space, that that would, I would recommend for me, uh, probably the best place to visit mm-hmm. if there was one one place of learning for me, that would probably be the greatest. I agree. And you don't have to be a medium to go there. You have, just have to be there. Go willing with an open heart and open mind. And it's amazing. I had a miraculous week myself, and I'm guessing you probably did as well. Well, I did. And um, this is what <clears throat> has contributed 
my unfolding really and gets me into the beginning of my journey. Um, I, I, I use the term I probably awoke or became aware of my, my spiritual um, path probably later in life um, than, I, than, than I've discovered some other people have. But for me, it was probably in my mid to late 40s. I had a series of uh, losses, um, family members over a two, three-year period that had passed, and I, I found myself not being able to get through each day and, uh, as expected, you know, I was consumed by grief. And having the traditional understanding of, you know, having grown up in, in, a, in a Catholic background and, and working within the framework of what I understood to be that we would pass over and then we, we would go to heaven, um, it just didn't seem enough. And, and it felt like I needed to know that, that my mum at the time, that there was, there was more and than just going to heaven and that I, I could never hear her, see her yeah. or just feel her around. Um, so possibly like many of your listeners, I... I was felt very much stuck in that moment and and life for me at that point seemed to stand still so um i uh john edwards was visiting australia at the time um actually about two months after mum had passed and i had the courage to go up and uh and and visit john edwards and, and be part of the audience great and i received a reading and it was the first reading i've ever received um and so when mum had come through, I, I walked away from that experience thinking to myself, wow, there's clearly more to, to, to life and death than what I understood for a large part of my life. And really from that point, I, I now understand that what I did was I set the intention to be open to receive all that, all that is and all that exists within this world and within the spirit world. Um, because the following two years, what occurred was, for me, my spiritual unfoldment um, and, and the way that that initially would, would manifest would be really be, I would start to be awoken in the early hours of the morning. Um, and for me, what I now know to be a, my guide, a spirit guide, was communicating through to me. And so a series of experiences started to occur with spirit that resulted in me outsourcing some some further learning and some engagements that would help me understand what was occurring. Philip, can I ask you what kind of experiences happened in the early morning that you knew that there was a guide with you? Um, so, uh, so after I'd gone to John Edwards and I realised that for the following few months I was being woken up and I was hearing, I was hearing voices and I was feeling that as though um, my arm was being touched in a way that was sort of just bumping me to wake me. Oh, okay. Um, and so then I, I realised that that um, after after a few experiences that I, I sat up and uh, I had a, a what was a lady sit in a chair. Now the chair wasn't there in the physical literal sense, but it was there in terms of my view when I woke. And so I and the lady spoke to me and. Um, Interestingly enough, she said to me, um, you're, you're very open. You need to get some help to understand how to close yourself up and close myself up in terms of understand what was occurring to me. And I know now that it was spirit. So it was spirit that was um, 
wanting me to to be aware of their presence and and so for me yes it was a little bit scary but once I was able to make sense of the experience um, a lot more started to unfold and I have to say there was one particular experience that for me it was it felt very much like a an angel visitation and I woke up uh, well I was awoken at the edge of my bed was this phenomenal deep blue energetic um, presence and the the light that radiated at the end of my bed um really in essence broke me up woke me up sorry it was very translucent um and I, I just kept hearing the words i am here i'm here and you're okay and the amount of of love that radiated from that being that was present in my room um i knew at that point that however I choose to move forward from that day on, that I, I would be guided and supported in a way that um, I, I had never previously understood. Wow. So, yeah, for me that that was um, quite, yeah, quite big. Mm. And how long ago was this? A couple of years ago or further? Yes, yeah, so it was a couple of years ago that the, the initial experiences started to occur. Um, and for me that then enabled a whole series of unfolding and I realised that, you know, throughout life, some people just exist in their life, mm-hmm. and, and which I had done for a large part, and I wanted now to live. And so uh, I, I, start, I went on a process of discovering how does that look and how do I live. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, and my, my journey began unfolding. In, in the literal sense at that point. It's, it's exciting to hear on one sense, because I've spoken to so many people that were, uh, whether they were born seeing angels or they've had abilities ever since they remember and to have it unfold within your life in your 40s, right, um, yeah. is great. So there's hope for anybody if, if your heart is interested, I, I believe anyways. Yeah. Can I add as well, though, sure. what became apparent for me was as the unfoldment occurred over the last year or two, it was almost as though there was a knowing, there was a remembering that really presented mm-hmm. itself. So as I started to discover terms like chakras or auric field or, um, or understanding spirit or soul, um, with that came an unfoldment of remembering. So it was almost as though... I began to understand the distinction between what was me having this human experience and then what was in essence an unfoldment or a remembering of my soul and my spirit. And it took me a couple of years to really be able to today blend an existence in these two worlds. And so I feel incredibly fortunate to today be able to say that for me, I know that my soul is not what I have, but it's what it's what I am. And and I know that there are there are quotes that um, that come quite frequently within the spiritual community, but it, there, there's a lot of substance to them that I you know that I'm able to draw reference to. Mm-hmm. So are we a soul with a body or a body with a soul? So we're a soul with a body. And the term that we as spiritual beings having a human experience is something that makes an enormous amount of sense to me today in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'll, 
when I first started Facebook, there was often a term that I would come across saying, you know, we, we think we're under the understanding that we're human beings having spiritual experiences. And truthfully, as, a, as someone that had um, religious faith, that was a very large part of my life. And, but as my unfoldment occurred, I now understood that we're a soul uh, spirit having an experience, again, which is a very common term within the spiritual community, but to actually hear it and embody it are two distinct different things. And so it became um, a very heartfelt, very heart-centred experience and really a way for me to live my life moving forward. So I know that when I get up today that I get up and, and, and I'm grateful not just to be able to live but to actually to live and embody the soul that I am and to do it with passion, to do it with love and to do it with gratitude um, helps me really have this full experience and, you know, to why it is that I'm here. Yeah, it's easy to forget, even as many interviews I do, that (laughs) we're a soul having a human experience. So it's great to keep involved. Um, and even you mentioned you listen to this show too, and I think that's awesome. <laughs> Thank you for that. Um, Philip, what was your road to becoming a medium? Because that first experience must have been really something with John Edwards, with your mom coming through. Um, and then from there, do you remember the next time you were able, was it an, another person doing a reading on you? Was it you being able to see someone else um what happened next in that journey well for me it was about my, my grief was a driving force yes. to be quite frank. i was overwhelmed with such grief that um you know the 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 issue of you know sh- well I, I i didn't want to end my life but i definitely wasn't able to live it in in in, in any way that would have been fruitful so mm-hmm. when when my when my mother passed um, I felt grief in a way that wasn't really quantifiable. I couldn't make sense of it. And But when I had the experience with John Edwards and this message came through, for me it was just a hunger that I wanted to – I was driven. I wanted to hear mum. I wanted to feel mum. I wanted to see mum. And then when I realised that the level of healing that I got through that exchangement, that exchange with spirit and the love that was being given to me, mm-hmm. that I felt that – I really needed to find a way to be able to give that back and I needed to find a way to be able to to be able to engage spirit and 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 people that exist within this human world mm-hmm. and act act really in essence as a medium to provide love and healing because I was able to take away how that changed my life yes and and I felt just this real pull that there was a purpose and a need for me to be able to to provide and give that back. Um, so I I ended up uh, getting a reading a reading from Mavis Patilla. Ah, um, another great medium. Yes, and then when I read when Mavis was uh, had read through Skype um, and provided me with support and love as she does so eloquently, mm-hmm. um, she had also let me know that. You know that I too can do this work, if you know if this is how I choose to move forward. Um, so I think sometimes in life, Sandra, it's not just about 
the awakening or the awareness that we have as individuals. I think that it's also about it being mirrored. And so for me, I've been really blessed that, I, it, it, you know, I've had the reading with John and then Mavis and, and there, it was a really affirming experience. Um, and so I, I got up and wanted to start to learn. Um, and I was fortunate enough to locate a, a mediumship circle. And in Australia, there's this lovely lady um, named Amelda Penny, who I spent a year with in a mediumship circle, who provided um, an enormous amount of love and nurturing and support, but also a lot of uh, practicing and a lot of practical um, mechanics to enable me to be able to understand what I was hearing, thinking and feeling, and really how, how to draw close to the spirit, how to engage spirit and and feel the love and the warmth that that um, that comes through with that engagement. Will you explain just a little bit about what a circle is? I, I know the term from going to Arthur Finley, but others may not. Sure. So a mediumship circle was something that I was not aware of and I, I too did not understand what it was at one point. But a mediumship circle is um, we're a medium and uh, we'll provide a gathering at, um, of two, three, four, possibly, you know, uh, up, less, up to about a dozen people. And it would be a, a group of like-minded people that are really um, aware of being able to sense spirit, sense touch, or just also be intuitive. And they're aware that there's something more that sits within them that they really want to get in touch with. And um, a circle provides an environment, a very safe environment with like-minded people to receive a sense of guidance and also teaching. Um, and I've been really fortunate that I was really nervous, but the first time that I went into a circle and um, I was able to really be around like-minded people that weren't going to be full of judgment and really, in essence, explain that, you know, if this is what I'm feeling and what I'm sensing, that, that you know, we can sit opposite each other and, and provide what we call readings. And so through the practice of being able to read uh, the energies and the, and the feelings that are being presented either from the person in front or from spirit, it, we can, we're then able to build a framework on what that may mean and then from that move forward and make better sense of what's happening to us. And so a circle is really a nurturing environment to allow that to unfold. Philip, do you remember any of the first times that you um, saw something in your mind's eye or sensed something and then you had the person say, yes, that was my mom or dad or brother, sister? Um, do you remember any of that experience? Yes, I was. Um, so I had quite nervously taken myself to a circle and I... Um, was very fortunate. I sat in front of someone who had been as part of the circle for quite a few years and they explained to me, just just trust whatever you get because for me very early on when when these feelings and the connections start to present themselves, a lot of self-doubt kicks in. Yes, uh, I know that self-doubt. <laughs> but having someone in front of you that's incredibly nurturing um, and explaining that, you know, you're not just hearing things in your head it may very well be about, um, you know, a, a spirit, a real person that is actually communicating for the purpose of healing and love. So having someone reaffirm that while it's happening is an incredible experience. So 
I sat opposite um, a, a lady at the time and she was able to, you know, I, I felt what in essence was her grandmother come through and I, for me, my, my clairvoyance is quite strong. So I, I was able to explain how this, her, her lovely grandmother looked um, and was always, and also able to explain she was taking me on a story and the story was one where she was um, showing me the memory of she's had with this lady that had sat in front of me. And the memory was quite specific because I, I, most, I know that most of us can grow up with our grandmothers and see them in the kitchens mm-hmm. helping, of, you know, in the mid-1900s, you know, being in the kitchen was not, not uncommon um, for, for loving grandmothers who would love to bake. But, you know, I, I was seeing um, a story unfold where this particular grandmother was speaking in a language that was foreign um, and I understood it to be foreign because as sweet as she was with her communication, I couldn't understand it, but the communication was from heart to heart and I was explaining to the lady in front of me that your grandmother's showing me the rolling pin and she's explaining to me that she's raving the rolling, rolling pin at you and it's really about hurry up, get to the kitchen, um, you need to help me, etc. And so a story unfolded in a way that resulted, um, was quite personalised and it was about, you know, the baking of a pie and and, and the relationship around how that was a, a real memory that this, this beautiful lady had shared um, with her grandmother. And so through these readings, what became apparent to me in that first moment was that the evidence that was coming through was a real validation that life does exist after death and not death as we know it because it's really just a passing into another life. And so the We Don't Die, which is the title of your radio um, station, is is absolutely truthful because the evidence that came through in my first experience when I sat in front of this this lady was what really validated to me that not only is this incredible grandmother that's still very much alive, still very much present with her personality, that the evidence that came through was also reaffirming that my mum was very much alive. Yes. That the people in my life that had passed actually had just passed over into another life of living. And so I, I would go to those mediumship circles for about a year and every time I would go, I would sit and, and the evidence that would come through would really just breathe more life into the life that I lived here. And so during that period for a year, I, I've come out of that experience getting up each morning and knowing we, you know, it's life after life and, and, and we're constantly alive and we're in a process of living in every aspect of, of every minute, you know, that, that we exist, not only this human plane, but also in, within the spirit world. So I sit here with with a level of excitement that through the discovery of evidence in mediumship, um, that I know that uh, uh, you know that life is is continual. So everything I do here, I do now with a passion. I do with excitement, um, and that's something that I, I could say that I, I didn't experience prior to my forty five years of adulthood. That's fantastic, and I'm sure it made a tremendous difference with your grieving process as well. Yes, well, in ways it kept me alive, mm-hmm. and and through that experience, I know that um, 
I really wanted to be able to give back something yes. to the wider community. And, you know, and I know that I suppose for me the what what's one of the strongest ways to help someone through grieving is to actually be on the same path and walk that path. And so, you know, it's the, my understanding is we can only take people as far as we've gone and take in terms of holding their hand and helping them get through what may very well appear at times very cloudy and, um, you know, can, can be quite depressing. So I hope that through this, through this work of mediumship that in, in my life here that if I just touch one person to live their life in a way that they should, then I know for me now that my time here has been worthwhile. And, of course, it's going to be more than one. <laughs> it, yes, and it would be more than one. Yeah. And it has uh, at what point did you decide to um, start working with other people outside of the circle? Um, so confidence was a real challenge for me. Uh-huh. I, I found that um, the more I engaged, um, I suppose, people that were like-minded, and the more I understood the, the learning methodology of not just mediumship but counselling and also energy mm-hmm. um, and understanding that the value of everything is energy and it's vibrational frequency. So the more that I, I took myself out to learn, um, you know, there's, there's a, a great awareness centre in Sydney and it's, uh, it's at Crow's Nest and there's a teacher named Rebecca who um, enabled me for about a year and to understand what I choose to use the word mechanics, but it's it's really about how to frame um, mediumship and the experiences that I'm getting into a way that I can then teach and and become a, really a professional in in as much as providing support and love as a counsellor and a medium. And so I, I would inspire people that um, there will be a point in their development to actually to move beyond the self doubt to move beyond the uh, the doubt that is really a lot of the time not ours, but as we grow in life, it's, you know, it's I, I use the word it's dumped on us and we tend to internalise it. Yes. But to have the strength to move beyond um, what we internalise as other people's doubts and judgments of self and to do it with support, but we'll get to a point where we may very well need to go and outsource some courses or some some additional teaching and learning. Um, and I know in Australia we're incredibly blessed. There's, there's there's a lot on offer here, but I also understand that even beyond the learning process within Australia, that you know the Arthur Finlay College, I was fortunate enough to go back in November, um, and from those experiences there, I've been able to bring back a lot of learning as well. Oh, that's fantastic! I'm going to visit again next May, which I'm excited about that. That'll be very exciting. Yeah, and I know just what you mean about the confidence because I haven't gone on to practice, and it's the same thing. It's the confidence, never having been in a circle, um, and I know that's where I need to go oh, is to, yeah, practice on caring people that are like-minded as well. So get, let's talk a little bit about energy. You brought that up a couple of times. Um, besides just studying mediumship and sitting in a circle, did you, you do some work as to uh, us being all made of energy or um, what did you learn in that realm? What was your focus? So one of the, one of the things that I, 
I was fortunate enough to learn was um, a form of energy healing called pranic healing. Um, pranic healing is, you know, prana is a, an Indian term that refers to it's um, really life energy, and it's 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 similar to to chi. It's it's a means to source energy for the purpose of healing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I spent a year really trying to understand the auric field and understand chakras oh. and the relationship that our our actual energy body has to that. Um, and what what became apparent was that through learning, understanding pranic healing, that I'm going to be able to to harmonise and transform the body's energy process. Um, and and really, the way I was able to do that was over the duration of a year to understand uh, vibration and frequency. So we exist in a world where, in essence, everything is energy, and um, <clears throat> You know, there's there's a, a lot of study that's that's done, a lot of science that explains that our, our own human body will vibrate at about 60 to 62 megahertz. Um, and there's discussion about when spirit, when we engage spirit, that you know that they will come in at about 500 to 1,000 megahertz in terms of frequency vibration. Oh, I but, didn't know that. Okay. So, um, so what what became apparent was that through some of the science and some of the the new technology that's being used, that if everything can be quantified with energy and frequency, then really in terms of healing and engagement, um, that can also be done in in a way where through vibration and frequency, if we can attune to to the frequency of another person or if we can attune to the frequency of, of, of people being unwell or the blockages that sit within us, that we can actually learn to, to heal the process, to heal what may very well be old patterns that sit within us. Um, and so I discovered that a, a part of what I do is when I'm working with a, a client that I, I attune to not just the auric field, but actually attune to the frequency and the vibration of the energy that the person sits in. And and how I do that is through my psychic faculties. Um, and I find that when I'm attuning to the energies that sit within the person and the frequency that I, you know, a lot of us through the patterns and through the traumas we exist have have experienced in life, we can get, be quite stuck and quite blocked. And sometimes there are experiences that we actually can't frame with words. So um, sitting with someone that's going to be able to connect and connect through the heart and through attunement, there's a transfer of energy that takes place. Um, in essence, it's 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 primarily governed through love, um, but it's also for the purpose of healing, um, to to enable a sense of of unfolding um, a person's struggles that will unfold through an attunement. Yeah, this um, is this is new to me, so I'm interested, and I don't know what to ask. I is this done through intention? A lot of it. So for me, it's done through intention. So what and what ends up happening? I, I having sat in some physical, um, having sat in some seances in Australia with the physical mediums, and also having learned mediumship and understanding of the vibration that we sit within, we need to raise. Um, 
having had the experience with sit with Diane Parker in Australia that sits with trans, there's, there's through the discovery of the last two years, I understand that dependent on the modality of learning that one involves himself with, what ends up occurring is that there's a constant attunement to energy. So with evidential mediumship, there's a raise in a vibration. Uh, as that vibration occurs, there's an attunement of um, not only with the sitter that's in front of you, but also an attunement to the spirit world. Um, and, and that's governed by the, the vibration and the frequency of 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 the people that sit in that space. So really for me it was I, I, I took a step back from those experiences and I just tried to make sense of how that then sits with me. How can I embody all of those experiences in a way that can provide healing and um, a sense of nurturing and direction within a, a counselling format? And so, yeah, that for me is, is what's taken me today to to work with um, intuitive counselling. This is very unique, I feel. Okay. Um, yes, I, I, I've spoken to a lot of people and I just think, wow. So um, one can assume that your guides have been with you along the way, uh, helping you have some of these thoughts and things because uh, this really sounds incredible. And I, I absolutely love how you explain the different megahertz. It's no wonder so many people say, um, why can't I feel my deceased father around or something? And if we're vibrating at 60 megahertz and the spirit world is 500 to 1,000, it's like tuning to a radio station that's on yeah. the other side of the world. We might not be able to do it in the beginning. And, say, and it's an interesting point. So can I say that? The, um, the experiences that I draw from, and, and, and there's an ownership over my personal experiences. Mm -hmm. So the, in terms of um, the spirit world, I sat in a physical mediumship um, workshop one weekend in Sydney, and throughout that process there was um, some great mediums during that, that, that process, and there was some technology that was able to measure um, during that workshop uh, when we would, so when clairvoyantly, the mediums that were present were able to sense and attune to spirit. And so when that, when that um, attunement would occur, it was usually when on, on the, the scanner that was being used, it would sit at about 500 to 1,000 megahertz. So when I reference numbers, I do it in a way that just from the personal experience, yes. that technology that was being used. Now, I, I have read some literature from the – um, that goes on and says um, that when spirit within the spirit realm, that you know the, there's some theories that try to quantify, you know, the vibrational frequency that they may very well sit on, and there's suggestions that it's between thirty and sixty thousand megahertz. Now, um, try and again, it, this is probably very new in terms of the technology that's coming out mm -hmm. where there's science that can actually start to measure and quantify, quantify vibrational frequency. And I think, um, you know, the mediumistic community that does exist is um, that, that works with trying to under, engage the science supporting this. Um, everyone's coming up with their own personal discoveries. So for me it was about the experience that I had um, with a group called the Relasia Development Group um, in Sydney. And I know that there's uh, quite a lot of um, experiments being done um, in, in that respect. Wow. Yeah. 
I don't know what to ask you yet next, Philip. <laughs> um, what should we talk about? Okay. So, um, yeah. So, thanks. Yep, we can talk about, um, I suppose for me, then what did, what did I then do with that experience? Great so, question. Mm-hmm. So, for me, um, then needed to be a greater purpose that all these lessons were presenting themselves. So, finding life, you know, it's, Many of us will be challenged in, in life, and we, we often found that can find ourselves quite stuck. Um, and I've learned today in my life that what what may very well feel like a place of being stuck is actually a, a place of transition, where something a new discovery is going to come through, and it's about being ready to embrace that. So my unfolding the last two years and the experiences that were quite personal to me has left me in a place today where. You know, I'll use language like vibrational frequency. I'll use language um, that, you know, talks about being intuitive or or engaging counselling in spiritual format. Um, so what, what's occurred is the last two years, the learnings that I've taken on, but also the support and love that my guides are providing me and coming forward today in my life where I can feel their presence and hear them, um, it's almost as though I, I can... There's a moulding and a blending of those experiences to where now I, I can offer a degree of support to to people that may very well be having similar experiences but not being able to make sense of them. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, so for me it's about, so if I can empower um, people and allow a sense of healing that and also facilitate healing, I feel that the struggles that, may have been quite personal for me, but also the struggles and the learning that I've experienced in the last two years, um, I can now pass through and in a way that is really governed by integrity. Um, Yeah. I love how you said being stuck means a new discovery is to come. I mean, we've all had struggles and hard times and you probably the same. You look back at some of the toughest times um, and now... Years later, we can say, ah, oh, but out of that tough time came this or came something new or came a new knowledge. So we might not see it when we're stuck in the struggle. Um, but I really love that. New discovery is to come. Hmm. And, um, you know, I, I now learn in life as well that nothing ever comes too late. You know, I, I suspect for me that, and this is to feed into the notion of being stuck, you know, in periods in my life where I felt stuck and I suspect many people may and, and as they hear this may very much feel stuck currently where they are, mm-hmm. that um, it's all, all the experiences that I can now make sense of was really about enabling um, reference points for me to draw from. So, you know, if I didn't have the experiences or um, all the traumas that occurred within my life, I wouldn't... I suppose the unfoldment of my soul and a sense of purpose um, may very well I would be very experiencing differently. So I, I, I suspect that everything has a purpose, um, and although it doesn't make sense, it may very well uh, later in life, and it's completely reasonable to ask for help and reach out. And you know, miracles happen. You know, I, I you know my, I would not have thought that I would be in my life today. Um, have the awareness that I have. And, and so regarding 
the spirit world regarding my own self-development and purpose. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, and so for me, I sit here today and, and, and I feel that I'm a miracle and, and, I, and I get up and every experience I have isn't a miracle. It is a miracle. So I think it's important for people to hear that as well. Well, and that it's possible to wake up each day thinking it's a miracle and in gratitude. Uh, what was your career field before you got into this? Um, so I, I've, I, I still currently work, but I've worked um, in corporate um, agricultural industry. Mm. So for me, um, a large part of what I did was working with produce and working, engaging farmers and getting an understanding of, the chemicals they use, the farming cycles that they're involved in, the harvesting, the volumes, so that uh, retailers can then source um, good farm produce and then on-sell it to the wider community. Interesting. Yeah. Wow, what a life. Uh, now, I feel a little jealous of the relationship you has, have with your guides. We've spoken about guides before on this show. Um, and I know we all have them, but is there a practice that we, the listener, myself included, can put in to maybe have a connection with them? Okay, so that's a great question. I can share what my experience is, and it, it works uh, well for me. Um, I, I found that the same way as a medium, that there needs to be an attunement that we have with, within the spirit world, that also on the other side, that there's an attunement that they're making to attune to us within this human plane of existence. Okay. So with that, it's really, it's a term that I picked up from the Arthur Finlay College and it's a term that they refer to as sitting in the power. And so firstly, what I, what, what I needed to do was to actually ask my guides to reveal themselves. So like people within this human realm, um, you know, the spirit realm is, realm is full of love and support and nurturing. And so the guide guides uh, would not want to provide a sense of, of, of unease. So, you know, they're very much present in our life and very much helping us in ways that we may not be aware of. But when we're ready and, and, and we want to, that I think it's important to ask our guides to reveal themselves, okay. to ask our guides to be present in our lives as they are. Um, and I found that how I could then attune and be more present to sense my guides on a personal level was to be able to actually sit in, in, in my power, to sit in the power. Um, and I would do that for about 20 to 30 minutes a day. And so as I'm sitting in the power and setting the intention for my guides to draw close, um, I'm also very much aware that my guides are attuning to my energy. And and as they do that, um, that that there'll, there'll be a presence of for me there was a presence of feeling a knowing and a sensing and an engaging but I, I think we, we can we can be quite impatient as well um, through through this experience and and I suspect some of us can be quite fortunate and as we meditate and as we sit and we set the intention and you know we many of us may very well be very aware of our guides that are present um, and some of us may may need the ability to meditate or to sit in the power. Um, but I, I've, I suspect that sitting, setting the intention, well, I know for me that setting the intention has been a really big part um, of enabling, enabling engagement and communication 
with my guides. Um, so I know that they're with me all the time. I feel them. And I understand that I'm being supported and, and at times they're holding my space for me. So the amount of gratitude and love that 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 that, that I give and the thanks and the, um, that I start with when I get up in the morning for me is a blessing. And And I think anyone that is drawn to engaging their guides or even coming to terms with understanding that a guide may very well exist, um, I think it's the start of an, of an incredible journey for anyone that, that can allow themselves to be involved in that way. Hmm. And when you talk of sitting in the power, what is that for you? What's going on in your head? What's your intention? So the sitting in the power for me was a, a, an incredible term that I picked up um, at the Arthur Finlay College. Uh, um, it's a term that some tutors use to where it's really about where my, for me, it's about where my solar plexus is in the area around there. And it's, it's, it's about getting in contact with the light within. So what I took from the teachings that, that was explained to me was I sit within the light that sits within me. So in essence, it's the spirit within. So I sit within that spirit that sits within and I'm just really present in that place. And as I allow the spirit within me to grow, to get bigger and for the light to get stronger, um, what's what's occurring is my spirit is becoming more present in my physical embodiment. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, there's, there's a tutor named Jackie Wright, W-R-I-G-H-T, that has an incredible CD. It's called The Tower. And it talks about um, embodying that light. And, and for me, that was a turning point in my mediumship. So when I get up in the morning and I can sit for 20 or 30 minutes and sit in a place where the light, the spirit within me is quite centred, centered, and then that light embodies all of who I am, and then I become the spirit of Philip. And, and so as people sit in their own power, they're sitting within the spirit of themselves. And for me, I've discovered that when I sit within the spirit of me, that the decisions I make in my life are governed by a, high, a higher self, a higher sense of purpose. Um, and it's been a real powerful experience for me. It's a really beautiful way to say it. Um, I know I've learned sitting in the power also in my visual, the same thing, like a little light starting in the solar plexus, it's like extremely bright though. And then just having it grow and grow. And for me, it's a visual. And then just seeing it outside of myself, outside of my skin. Um, and, and then sometimes having a light, whether it's the sun that I imagine God or the divine kind of blending with my light. And that's the best way I can visualize it for me. But I love how you explained, you know, sitting in, you know, like Philip's soul. That's beautiful. Really nice. Um, one more thing. We talk a lot and we have spoken a lot too about intention. And I remember the first time someone said, you know, just use your intention. I thought, what the heck are you talking about? What does that mean, intention? Uh, can you describe that a little? What does it mean, yes. intention? Uh, Sounds so good. Inten- but- yes, it does. <laughs> um, what intention means for me is, um, you know, th- there's, there's the understanding that within this experience, this human experience, which is very real and very important, we exist in a world where we draw to us, you know, the law of attraction. So we draw to us, you know, 
what we think, what we believe, and what we feel. So like for like. Um, and I've, I've, I've understood that through my mediumistic training that within the world of spirit that there's the, the, the feeling and the thoughts and the, and the level of consciousness that's experienced in that moment, that that's the, rea- that's the reality that one exists in. So um, the word intention for me is about our thoughts manifesting into reality. How does that occur? What does it look like? How, how do we? Um, how can we make that experience become real? So it's for me. I use the term. I set the intention. So if I get up and and I and I from my heart center express the gratitude and and the gratefulness, and I'm so thankful for for being alive and breathing and and, and living this experience. I find that what I've done is that um, I'm in a place of love. From that place of love, I then I, I continue to set the intention that I know that what gets drawn to me today is for the for the greater purpose of my higher good. Um, and I understand that my spirit, the, the essence of Philip, will always only provide for me a sense of love and caring for my development. So I I put the thought out there. Understanding that thought is vibration, thought is frequency. We will, we will manifest and draw to us what we think, not just in you know in in this experience, but um, but when we, we we move into the spirit world, the understanding, um, what little understanding that I've been able to make to get is that when we communicate um, with spirit, that it's the the level of communication that comes through with with the spirit communicator is with such love. And, and such healing that it, the experience of the intention given from both both experiences and both sides really is for me the way that we we ideally would live an ideal life um, in this experience and also the experience when, when we leave this human embodiment. Um, I, I think you may you may be aware that there were some studies done um, where there was uh, water that was. Um, Put under a microscope mm, messages by, and water yep yeah and through those studies they established that you know by positive thinking um you're able to alter the the structure of of the the shapes that would come out um under the microscopes in in, in the glass of water um and i think that's a really good way of, of validating that the thoughts we have um supported by the intention we set can determine how our life gets lived out and what we draw to us. Mm, I, I have a comment on the messages in water. Uh, before my dad died, I had watched the one of the videos about the messages in water, and there was a study done in Japan, um, a project, and uh, I can't remember the doctor's name that created all this, um, but he asked people throughout Japan to boil one pot of rice and to divide half of it into a glass, two different glass jars, and one glass jar be set in one room, and the other glass jar be set in another room. And for, I think it was a period of a month, to go into one room and talk to the rice, love the rice, positive words to the rice, positive thoughts around the rice, and then in the other room, negative, negative thoughts, negative words, negative feelings. And after a month, the rice that was loved 
and with the positive thoughts, actually, when they opened the jar, had a golden color, um, smelled nutty, uh, and the other jar in the other room, it turned black with a foul odor. And what a great demonstration for the lives of many people, even uh, you can Google some pictures of this, to see how important it is to have positive thoughts, positive words, um, love, gratitude, speaking positively, as opposed to going the other world of the negativity. But I, I love that. It's an incredible example. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, and, and I think that in, in terms of how we live this life, um, you know, it, all the thoughts that we imagine actually not only do we create, but if the example that you've given and we draw that to what sits within our human embodiment, so the thoughts that we have that the, um, you know, the, the constant repetition of, of negative thought patterns or the constant repetition of harmful words that people have really directed towards us, and as we take that on, you know, imagining what, what we manifest that not only sits in our body that we're not aware of, but also the life that we keep drawing into us. And, and, I, and for me, it was making those realisations um, that through, throughout this, this last two years of, of, of this, you know, this, this journey um, that I've been really able to understand well, if I constantly set the intention that everything that's drawn to me is for the greater and higher purpose of my soul's development, um, that I know that I journeyed through this life and I came here to to have this human experience, to live an incredible, uh, joyful, happy life and to share and to love and to give and to care. And so if I surround myself with those thoughts and I embody those thoughts, I know that everything I do in my life and everybody that I meet in my life, that, that I, I do in a way that is for the greater purpose of, 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 of my development and this experience. Um, and, and I say that with a passion because, um, you know, I know that we can grow up with families that, you know, um, unknowingly might create a lot of dysfunction or unknowingly might create a lot of behaviour or patterns that we get exposed to that really are not in the best interest of us. Right. Um, and... I think that we, as we get older, we can lose sight of, you know, I think some patterns may have served a purpose when we were younger and it's enabled us to survive. And I think as adults that we may still very carry, we may very well carry some of those patterns. And one of the ways that I discovered for me to sort of better my life was setting the intention and of, of drawing things through love and forgiveness that gets drawn to me Um that some of those patterns can also dissolve, some of those patterns can be broken away that will enable me to um, have experiences that will involve me sitting in my truth. Um, and I have to grab a quote from Oprah. Sorry, it's one that sticks in my head. No problem. But she often says, if it doesn't feel right, um, then, you know, it's may, it may very well be nudging you back onto your path. So oh. in, instead of sitting in that place of what doesn't feel right, and rationalising the experience as, well, you know, it doesn't feel right and this is what's normal, this is what, you know, what I'm used to, maybe that doesn't feel right, as, as Oprah eloquently puts it, is about a, a being nudged back onto the right path for why you're here. Um, yeah. 
Have you always but, been so positive? Here's the thing. This all sounds great. And you sound very peaceful and positive and have the gratitude. But have you ever had the battle with the negative mind that like it actually took something to put in habits or put in practices that you can practice intention every day or uh, made a note for yourself that first thing I'll be grateful because I, I know um, like for me keeping this show going and talking to people like yourself that puts me back in a great place like oh yes I forgot about this but left to my own devices sometimes it's not so easy to remember gratitude and intention and and those things did you have to overcome something or was this no look, I, great question um so I grew up with a family. There were nine siblings, so nine brothers and sisters. Big family. Um, so it's a big family, and mum and dad had migrated from the Middle East. Um, so we came to an incredible. Well, I was born in Australia, but mum and dad had migrated with uh, to the middle from the Middle East to Australia. So with that, there there was um, poverty, which wasn't uncommon with really large families that had come to a new country. Um, but also for me, quite personally, there was. Um, I had had uh, rheumatoid arthritis as a child at eight or nine years old and I, I was confined to a wheelchair. Um, and so for about a year of my life, I wasn't able to get around. And um, really through the power of prayer back then, um, there, was, there was a real shift. And by the time I was about 10, um, what, whereas I was a very sick child uh, for a couple of years, um, so, you know, I remember feeling quite lost um, within that process. Um, so, and having had experiences where, you know, not being told positive statements for a large part of my life, being, you know, almost feeling that I was a square peg, you know, being pushed into a circle. Right. You know, and at periods in my life, I suspect feeling quite awkward. Um, so I, I found that, no, I wasn't always a very positive person and, and, and I can sit here today and, and draw upon what's it, the life that I live today where I am positive and I do live my life through intention um, really came from a place. Uh, for me, would be a dark place, a place of where I'd felt quite sad and quite alone. Although growing up with, you know, um, a very large family, with that also came a sense of how do I fit, where do I fit? Mm -hmm. How do I make sense of experiences that I really can't put words to? Um, and so that sense of aloneness was something that resonated quite a lot. And then when I felt, when I became sick um, and I was unwell and confined to a wheelchair, um, I understand now looking back that the love and through the power of prayer that was received, you know, and prayer is about intention for me. So I have a different understanding today as an adult as well, that prayer is intention. And, and with that intention can really change and alter really everything within this human experience. So I look back to the experiences through my childhood. I look back through the experiences where that sense of aloneness was very, very apparent for me. Um, uh, and as I've grown and worked through some, you know, having gone into counselling, worked through some, some patterns, some self-destructive patterns as well, that, you know, I, I would behave in a way that wasn't for the best interest of Philip. Um, I can look back now and say that those experiences, the, the real sense of being alone, being isolated, being misunderstood, feeling awkward, feeling depressed at times as well, um, 
if I didn't have those experiences, that I wouldn't be able to sit here today in in such an expression of gratitude, such an expression of love and forgiveness and caring. Because for me, I think that as we journey through this life, it's almost as though it, 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 we sit in a, in, in, in a place of opposites, that how do I know how to experience love if I haven't experienced hate? How do I experience gratitude, forgiveness and kindness if I haven't experienced, you know, a sense of hurt and harm? So I, I never was able to put the, the two and two together to make sense of it, but now in my life today I can, and it's from that place that I can draw a sense of gratitude, um, you know, a sense of kindness, a sense of love. And truthfully, I would rather embody love, kindness, forgiveness and joy than um, through choice, though, than being stuck in a place where I would, was not sure if I was going to get through that next day, yes. not sure, um, you know, what, what I meant, you know, what these experiences that I was feeling very alone with meant. Um, but it's really important to reach out. Hmm. You know, I, I look back now and I think to myself, I, I needed to call, you know, for example, you know, a friend or I needed to call a helpline or I needed to go see a counsellor. If the, the part of my, the, and, and I, the part of me inside, the spirit within Philip had this yearning to live, um, the guides that would draw close to me that I now know were the guides supporting and loving me were providing me with a direction to make that phone call, to reach out, to speak to a counsellor, um, to reach out and get support of family or friends. So, you know, for me, I can't emphasise the importance enough of actually reaching out because, it, you know, we do need people in our, our life to mirror a sense of value um, because, you know, we're not here to journey through this life alone, in my opinion. No. We need other people um, and we're worthy of other people. We're worthy of engagement. We're worthy of love. Yes. And we forget that sometimes. Well, thank you because I'm glad I asked that question because you are an inspiration now and to know that it's possible to wake up and have intention and have gratitude and choose love, um, it, it's all very powerful to hear. Um, our time is just about up, my friend. Yeah. Um, l- let me just ask, it, it happens regularly that some of the listeners may choose to get in touch with you. Uh, could you just d- describe a little bit about what you do. I mean, certainly medium readings on people, but can you work okay. with people on attunement and I mean, just maybe just yeah. describe a little of your services, grief counseling, anything? Yeah. Share. So, so what, so what, what I, what I do is that I, um, so in essence, the, what I offer is I, I, I offer spiritual intuitive counseling. And so what that means is, yes, I, I work as a psychic medium and that's very important um, because I, I think well, I know that it's important to understand for many people that experience loss in their life, mm-hmm. and I mean loss in terms of family members that pass, to understand that that we don't die, that there is evidence that a medium can bring forth that would be able to, to validate that mum, dad, brother, sister, our loved ones are still very much with us. So understanding the importance of the mediumistic engagement and also working with attunement, so the psychic faculties that many of us have, but, but that I, I tune to, to be very much um, to work with, um, I'm able to then not just provide evidence but actually attune and, and connect um, to the people that, that are present, the, the, that need support or that choose to source support and love. But what I understood was that 
through the psychic faculties and attuning with someone's auric field that at times providing evidence to a, a loved family member um, that, the, that our family member or, or a friend or our loved one is still very much present in our life can, can put us into a place where we're quite emotional. And, and I've discovered that if, if there can be a level of support that can be offered during um, what, what in essence is a mediumship reading, um, it can then be framed as counselling. So I found that through some psychotherapy that I've done in the past, um, in, in, in which was Gestalt psychotherapy, um, I understood that if I, crea- if I put the three together, the, the mediumistic abilities and the training that I'm, I'm currently going through um, and put through the psychic faculties that I'm attuning to, my understanding of, of working with frequency and how we all sit within a vibrational resonance and, and work with energy, that then when someone is sitting and they're, and they're engaging um, spirit, that we can also provide grief counselling, that I can also provide love, I'm able to frame it in a way that when they leave that experience, that there's a level of self-care. So uh, what becomes very apparent to me is that when, when, when someone's providing a mediumship reading, when I'm, when I'm doing a mediumistic reading, that, um, that the person who's sitting in front of me, their heart chakra will open, and it will open in such a phenomenal way that they're not only really receptive to their loved ones, but they're also, in a way, quite vulnerable to then go out and engage um, all the other human senses that can be quite alert as well. So um, I, I find that if I can help support and balance their chakras in a way that can create um, a, a harmonic experience, so that's quite an experience of them feeling contained um, and also if there's some grief that presents itself, provide a framework that they feel supported within that moment. Excellent. Um, I, I find that they're then leaving that experience um, quite safe because I think when I know for me personally that when I've gone through uh, moments of grief that I can be quite vulnerable and I think there's a responsibility from a counselling perspective, um, I'm not suggesting a mediumistic, but from a counselling perspective that the person that you're sitting with leaves in a very safe place and um, I feel blessed to be able to sort of um, put the three together and offer it as a service. yeah, and yeah. really it provides a, a space for healing. Well, and after spending this hour with you, you really do seem genuine and caring and loving, and it would be safe to have a conversation with you for sure. Thank you, Thank you Thank for you. that. Ah, Philip K. Ruse yeah. has been our guest. And to reach you, the best way is to email you, correct? That's correct, yep, all through Skype. The Happy Spirit Mediums, with an S, at Outlook.com. Or go to WeDon'tDieRadio.com, click on episode 135, and there's a link to directly email the fabulous Philip. Philip, thank, thank you. you. Any any final words? or? Um, just a very big thank you from this end. Um, sure. I do have to say to your listeners, if you have not been to Australia... You must come to Australia. Um, we have the incredible Uluru, um, and it's, uh, it's it's the Earth's one of the Earth's chakras. It's a solar plexus, um, and I'm not going to be a true Aussie if I don't end this conversation with actually 
bringing to everyone's attention how incredible Australia is. And there's oh. a lot of healing that occurs here. Um, and um, I just really think if you can get yourself to Australia and come to Uluru and feel the enormous energy that sits w within this incredible rock that the Aboriginals have been the caretaker of for thousands of years, um, you know, I think it would be an incredible experience for your listeners to come and have. Mm. How do you spell but Uluru? Aussie me, sorry. How do you spell um, Uluru. So Uluru's U L U R U, and it's it's a solar plexus, um, the Earth solar plexus, the Earth chakra, sorry, and the global function <clears throat> is to maintain the vitality of Earth and all of its living species. Well, that's so, a definite reason to go. I haven't been yet. My aunt just oh, returned from Australia. I, I will. I promise. Yeah. I promise. Well, thanks. Thank you. Thank you, thank you. And to our listener, thank you for listening. And if you have an opportunity to go to iTunes, there's a place where you can rate this show. And it would do me a favor if you would, wouldn't mind. And I'll, I'll take your honest opinions. Um, but uh, iTunes is very picky as to who they put on the their lists and things. And it helps to have some good ratings. So if you have a minute, just go to iTunes and look for We Don't Die and rate the show however you would. And that would make a big difference for me. So in closing, this is Sandra Champlain. I've been your host on We Don't Die Radio. We have been talking to Philip K. Ruse from Sydney, Australia, who left me with some things I wrote down. Being stuck means a new discovery is to come. That's good news. Nothing comes too late. Miracles happen. And remember to set your intention and make it a great day. So I want to thank you for listening, and we'll see you soon. Mm -hmm.